And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. Hello everyone and welcome to a very special guidance episode of Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. And I have, as I said, a very special episode, a guidance episode. And as you can probably tell, I am in the mobile studio. I don't know what mark it is. Mark 5? I think it's the Mark 5 mobile studio. I am on my way to the uh, Hollywood Regal, the Regal Hollywood 20, I think that's its name, in Greenville, South Carolina, to go see the special Fathom event screening of Shin Ultraman. I am very excited to see this. This will be my first time seeing an Ultraman film on the big screen. Uh, it's been, um, you know, there, there's been other Ultraman uh, engagements, special engagements like this. I was unable to attend any of those. This is the first one that I'm going to get to go to, and I am, I am very excited. Uh, Shin Ultraman, of course, is the 2022 film uh, by Shinji Higuchi, who previously did Shin Godzilla, which I think was the last Japanese-language film I actually saw in the theater, uh, going back a few years at this point, but actually saw it in the same theater that I'm going to. So that's uh, that's kind of... I mean, it, the thing is, here in the upstate of South Carolina, there are actually several theaters that do these Fathom events. It just so happens this one is closest uh, to work, so it depends on, on my schedule. But in any event, uh, my friend Adam, who y'all might recall, was my guest... A couple of times, he, we talked most recently about Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris, Revenge of Iris, however you want to say that. He's going to be joining me, uh, so I'm very excited. I actually, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've kept up kind of on the, the outskirts of the information on this movie. I haven't really been following it super closely. Uh, I was a little surprised that it got brought over here. I guess that's part of the, uh, you know, Subaraya's uh, uh, attempts and efforts to market Ultraman here to the West. Uh, so when this was announced, I assumed this would be a Japanese-only release, and, you know, maybe we might get a Blu-ray or something down the line. I had no conception that we were going to be able to, even on a limited engagement, see it in the theater. So, I've, like I said, I, I know a little bit about the background. I know that it made a, a good amount of money. I was reading today, it actually, I think is the fifth highest-grossing film, either fifth or sixth highest-grossing film in Japan for 2022, the second highest-grossing live-action film. All of the uh, top films were all uh, anime, actually, which is, I guess, a little surprising, but not, not terribly surprising. But in any event, um, so, you know, I've heard different things about this. I've heard some people really rave about it. I've heard some uh, say, eh, you know, it was kind of middle of the road, or they didn't like certain aspects of it, or uh, there were... Uh, you know, certain elements that they felt didn't work. So I'm, you know, like I said, I don't have a ton of, of background, so I'm going in with a completely open mind on this one. I am, um, you know, just excited about 
more Ultraman here in the West, excited about a, a theatrical Ultraman. Of course, there was uh, chatter about this being the start of like a trilogy. And I don't know if any of that is official yet. I said, I'm, I'm just kind of going and taking things as they come. That's always been my approach uh, to this fandom and, and most fandoms, honestly, is uh, take things as you get them and, uh, you know, enjoy them for what they are and don't worry about what they're not or what's next or anything else. Uh, so, uh, so that, that's what I'm doing. So I said, I'm, I'm heading there right now. Adam and I are going to get some dinner. I know it might be cliche, but we're getting sushi. You know, I figured it was, it was, you know, it was the perfect, uh, accompaniment to going to see Ultraman in the theater was, uh, uh, to get some, some sushi beforehand. So that's what I'm going to do. So I am going to take a break. I'm going to go eat dinner. I'm going to watch the movie and then I will be back with my quick thoughts after that. So, y'all take it easy, and I'll talk to you in a little bit, right here on Earth Destruction Directive. Ultraman will be right back after these messages. Now, back to Ultraman. All right, folks, we are back. Just got out of Shin Ultraman, and whew, that was a ride. Man, that did not let up. It was uh, started fast and kept on going, so... Uh, just some bookkeeping stuff first. So, the show was, I'd say, about half full in the theater. Uh, it was more, there was more full than I thought it was going to be, honestly. I thought it was, it might just be a handful of people. It was, I'd say, about half full, so so decently good for a, a Wednesday night. Uh, as I said on the, the first half, there are several theaters in the uh, Greenville uh, area that do these Fathom events, so... Not everyone uh, necessarily was at this particular showing. Um, there was some great stuff before. They had a uh, countdown. I caught the tail end of a, uh, not a countdown, but they're actually reviewing all of the monsters featured in all 39 episodes of the original Ultraman, which I thought was really cool. Uh, then they had a, uh, a trivia t- test using clips from uh, Ultra Galaxy Fight, which I thought was very neat. Uh, I got... Not all of them, but one right. I'm not going to say which one I didn't get right. I'm going to keep that to myself. Then they had an interview with the main star, who played uh, Kaminaga. And then we also had an interview with uh, Shinji Higuchi, of course, the director. Uh, both of which were, were very cool. So, um, obviously, Tsuburaya going all out with uh, with this uh, engagement here for Shin Ultraman. So, what did I think of the movie? First off, not going to bury the lead, I really enjoyed that. I think that if you have, are very familiar with Ultra Q and especially the original Ultraman, you will appreciate this because it's very clear to me that Higuchi is a big fan of the original Ultraman. The use of the different monsters that are from those two series, the sound effects and the music, especially the sound effects, which a lot of the sound effects sound exactly like the old-school Subaraya sound effects library. Uh, you folks that listen to the show regularly know how much I love those Subaraya sound effects. That really put me in the Ultraman uh, mood. Uh, but it w- and, and it was almost like they were adapting the stories of certain Ultraman monsters and aliens, but putting it in a modern context, which, if you think about it, it's kind of like Shin Godzilla. And, in fact, there is a great Shin Godzilla gag... There's two great Shin Godzilla gags actually right at the beginning of this movie. Um, I'll talk about those in a minute. So just going to give the general impressions. Um, the the story 
I thought was very good. I thought it was a great retelling of the original Ultraman story about the idea of the giant of light coming to Earth and merging with a human and fighting against monsters and aliens. But again, put through that modern context as being made in 2022. Uh, as an aside, you, you can see the connective tissue between Shin Godzilla and this. Certainly the Japanese government does not come off looking particularly well. I don't think that is too deep of a critical analysis on my part to say that after watching this film. So, uh, I had a, I had an absolute blast. I really enjoyed this. Uh, the one uh, I saw tonight was subtitled. My understanding is tomorrow they uh, are doing a screening that is going to be the dub. I'm glad I got to see the subtitles. Uh, I typically watch Ultraman with subtitles if I can. The one exception is... Uh, I do watch Ultra Galaxy Fight in English because the kids like watching that one, so we watch that one in English. Uh, but I was glad to see the, the sub. I, for one, really hope that we get a, uh, a physical release of this, whether it's from Mill Creek or whomever. You know, that, that whole thing is... Uh, I, I read articles and some people are, you know, they swear on a stack of Bibles that the Mill Creek license is done and over, and yet Ultraman Max comes out in a couple weeks. So I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't have any insight. Whoever releases it, I hope we get a, uh, a physical release of this here in the States because I would really like to add this film uh, to my Ultraman collection. So I'm going to turn. That's my general feeling. If you get an opportunity to go see this movie, I heartily recommend it. If you're a fan of Earth Destruction Directive, you're a fan of Ultraman, I think you will enjoy it. That said, I'm going to get into some spoilers. So if you want to hop out and not hear the spoilers, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Please come back next time. And uh, I'm going to assume, after this point, that spoilers are now on. Okay, so starting right from the start, we get the title, says Shin Godzilla, and then it starbursts out and says Shin Ultraman, a science fiction fantasy film. I loved that. That, that literally brought laughter immediately from the audience, which was funny because in the interview... Uh, Higuchi says that he was looking forward to seeing the movie in screen in America because American audiences are more vocal than Japanese audiences, and the very quiet Japanese uh, audience made him a little uneasy. I thought that was funny. Um, then from there, we begin a series of flashbacks, which all tie into Ultra Q. And of course, who's the first monster in Ultra Q? Gomez. Well, this is Shin Gomez, because he looks a heck of a lot like Shin Godzilla just turned into Gomez. So I, that was just a great nod to the history of not only Ultra Q and Ultraman, but Godzilla and how that connects with Subaraya. Uh, there's some great Ultra Q stuff in the, the very early parts of this. Um, all the monsters I thought were, were really well done. They were, and, and aliens. I should say the monsters and the aliens were really well done. They were recognizable immediately to me. Um, uh, Gabara, Gabora was about the only one that looked kind of weird because he had his, uh, his, his face shield was closed and was spinning like a drill, which made me think of Gubila, right? Because Gubila's got the drill horn type of thing. But obviously, once the, uh, his face shield opens up, it's, it's, Clearly, uh, Gabora, right? But Naranga, fantastic. You know, we just saw an updated Naranga a few years ago in Zet, and, you know, it's great to see Naranga again. Uh, there's a great joke about that, that all oh, these monsters all kind of use the same parts. Before this, all monsters were unique, which I thought was great coming from, 
you know, uh, uh, Naranga and Gabora. So that was very amusing. Alien Zarab showed up and really looked creepy and cool. Great use of that. And the idea of him, uh, you know, having these weird powers and stuff was carried over nicely. Uh, we get our female lead is Asami. She sort of plays the same role as Fuji in one sense in that she is the, the female lead. There's a, two actually female members of the SSSP, but she gets turned into a giant, just like Fuji does by Alien Mephilus. So Mephilus is in this as well. And one really interesting touch I thought about Mephilus is that, much like in the show, his fight with Ultraman is fairly inconclusive. And he leaves on his own accord and survives the battle, which, of course, uh, same happened in the original show. Getting Jumping real back real quick about Zarab, um, I just say, you know, uh, Imposter Ultraman also shows up. So you got that to look forward to. And, of course, it wouldn't be an homage film to the original Ultraman if Zeton does not show up. And, yeah, this there's been a lot of really, really powerful Zetons. This is probably the most powerful Zetan ever, I would say. Really cool interpretation of Zetan as a living bioweapon, you know, and again, brought back his voice so that that rumbling Zetan, which we've been hearing on the commercials for uh, the finale of the Ultraman anime, if you uh, watch the uh, Super Riot channel on YouTube. So that was really cool. Like I said, a lot of great fan stuff in this. There's a lot of action. The effects were really cool. I really liked them. As, you know, some people don't really warm up to the, the CG unless it's, like, really photorealistic. This wasn't. This was really trying to emulate a tokusatsu-style show using CG to the point that we even had, like, folds and bends in Ultraman's, you know, what would be his suit, air quotes up to the microphone, uh, even though it was CG and it didn't need to have that. I thought that was really, really well done. And again, really just shows, I think, how much of a fan of Ultraman Higuchi is. One interesting choice, there's no color timer. Ultraman doesn't have a color timer, but the when he first arrives, he's all silver. And then the second time we see him, he has his familiar red patterns. When the color timer would normally be going off, the red patterns turn to green, which I thought was a very interesting choice. And uh, not one that I really expected, so I, th I liked that. That was a neat kind of visual change-up for the character. Similarly, we get Zafi in the, the final reel. Zafi is there, uh, but he is black and gold, which differentiates him quite a bit from, uh, first off, his original look, and of course differentiates him from Ultraman as well. Uh, so, you know, just some, some interesting choices, but I, honestly, I thought they worked. You know, I'm not... I've said this before, you know, I'm not out there to, to win the fandom and say, this is attractive, that is not. I enjoyed it. For my money, going out with uh, with my friends to the theater to watch an Ultraman movie on the big screen, I was pleased as punch. I was happy as a clam. I really enjoyed this. And again, I may be gushing a little bit. I don't have a lot of negatives. It, I mean, it's, it is very Japanese in a lot of ways. And, you know, some of the criticisms that I've heard about kind of its tone and some of the, the choices, including like butt shots. There are several butt shots in this. Um, you know, and, and I get it. It's it's a lighthearted film. It's different than Shin Godzilla in that respect. Shin Godzilla had some aspects, the satirical aspects specifically, that were actually quite funny. And we do get some of those satirical aspects here. 
But this is definitely a much more lighthearted film than Shin Godzilla. And I think that, in a way, suits Ultraman more than Godzilla. Ultraman was a, was a much more lighthearted property than Godzilla was uh, originally. And I think Higuchi taps into that quite nicely. Uh, in the, um, the interview, Higuchi talks about that him and all his friends looked forward to watching Ultraman every week. And you get that kind of feeling, almost like a, I don't want to say childlike, but, but certainly tapping into that, uh, um, that, that sort of feeling, right? That sort of uh, almost childlike anticipation of seeing your hero. Uh, you know, those of us older may have experienced something similar with, say, the Power Rangers or, um, you know, even, I don't even know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. You know, that, uh, or, you know, Smallville or the, uh, the CW DC shows or anything like that, 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 uh, you know, that, that enjoyment and, and, and joy that we get from seeing our, our heroes like this. And I think this film does a really excellent job of translating that into 2022, where it, it does touch on aspects of, of reality, but it still has that, that definite tokusatsu surrealism to it. And, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this film. I'm glad that uh, I was able to get out to go see it. I hope that uh, other listeners out there get an opportunity to go see it. If you saw it, please send me an email or at destructiondirective at yahoo.com. I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this because, like I said, I've seen so many varied opinions on this film. And for me, as someone that is, I'd say, what, like three quarters of the way through the series covering it here on the show and having watched the original series previously... Uh, it to me was just a, a great love letter to the original Ultraman, and uh, you know there there there's a lot of things in this world that that uh, that people are going to want to poo poo. I don't know anybody that doesn't like the original Ultraman. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> that might be a broad statement, you know. I don't know. I can't really back that up. The point is, I'm a huge fan of the original Ultraman. Clearly, Shinji Hajuki uh, was a fan of the original Ultraman. And uh, he put that on the screen for us to enjoy. So, please, if you get an opportunity, please go see Shin Ultraman. Hopefully, like I said, we'll get a Blu-ray release of this so we can enjoy this uh, over and over at home. Uh, but, you know, that's, uh, that's all I've got to say about that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this special Gaiden episode. Hope everyone enjoyed this. And, again, if you got to watch uh, Shin Ultraman, please send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Or DestructionDirectiveAgain.com. All right, I am going to sign off. That's all I've got for this guidance. Uh, so please come back next time. We might have some more Ultraman later this month, so you know, keep your eye on the feed. Thank you for listening, and keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Daikaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you would like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I try to respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I will read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at 2TrueFreaks.com. You can also find the show on your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. 
You can even leave a review on your podcatcher of choice if you'd like. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for first name Luke, last name E-D-D. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. Just search for the handle at LJacone. That's L-J-A-C-O-N-E. The theme song for this podcast is Future Gladiator by Kevin McLeod, downloaded from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun here on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF (laughs) moment if I ever saw one.